0: Today on episode 110 of the Home of Play podcast, Kojima Productions is not being bought by Sony, says Hideo Kojima. Certain digital PS3 and Vita titles are expiring, and Kingdom Hearts 4 is officially revealed. All that and much more. Kojima says Kojima is not for sale. Let's get some intro.
1: Happy Monday and welcome home, everybody. Welcome back to episode 110 of the Home of Play podcast. Where every Monday, the two best friends join for us to give you the latest in PlayStation rumors, news, reviews, and that is because we're the true PlayStation fans. I'm your host, Stephen. with me, I'm joined by the king of platinum trophies, himself, Christopher. Hello, hello. The Home of Play podcast is a self-support podcast. We don't include in that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here. This allows us to bring you the PlayStation news that you actually need or want to know. All of our content is free if you enjoy it at your leisure. We only ask you to help support the show by subscribing to the Home of Play podcast, by telling your friends, family, and the dragons about the show, and that they can find us on all your favorite podcast services of choice, such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing, and it's all because you love the gaming homies, helping to spread the cause through the power of word of mouth. If you have any comments, questions, or complaints, please send any of those to our email address, homeofplaypodcast@gmail.com at gmail.com, and then we can read your questions on the show or alone in private while we discuss all the cyberpunk... And CD Projekt Red news we got this week, which was actually quite a bit. On today's episode, though, we have all the news you want to hear from last week. But first, we're going to do what we always do, which is talk about what we did in
0: gaming last week. And we're going to start with Chris. Just a quick recap uh, for me. I didn't get a lot of gaming in this week. Um, Ended up playing a board game at your place, which was a lot of fun. I'll let you talk about that one. Uh, Other than that, uh, last night, actually, I finished Ghostwire Tokyo, uh, storyline-wise anyway. Uh, I still have to grind for the Platinum. Um, Nearly done. I should probably be able to finish everything in maybe another hour or two. I'm not missing too much. By the end of it, I wasn't missing a heck of a lot. Maybe 15 collectibles, 20 collectibles, something like that. Um, And by collectibles, it's very broad in this game because there's a a whole bunch of different variety of collectibles to get. So, most of them you can find. There's some mechanism in the game to find most of them pretty easily, but there's other ones like audio logs, which don't really give you a hint as to where they are, and it's easy to miss them. So, I have been using a little guide to get some of those trickier ones because, frankly, I don't want to go to every single phone booth in the game and check for an audio log. So, <laughs> uh, especially when I've been through a couple of them and I actually missed some because they're so tiny. They're like little voice recorders. They're. Ugh. Super small. Um, so uh, in finishing the game, I have come to realize that I'm gonna adjust my score and just give it a six out of 10. Uh, I enjoyed it. I think most people who want like a, a casual open world game that's not like overly overwhelming for how massive it is. Cause it, at first it seems big, but then when you actually start like figuring out the game mechanics and whatnot, it, it isn't too huge so at least you don't have that overwhelming aspect on you. Uh, but it's it's the combat's fine. I think playing on a harder difficulty would be a little bit more fun just cuz of the challenge. Um but just the story is kind of it's not great. Like there's a lot of things that it doesn't really explain even with the audio logs and the the things you can read. It doesn't explain a heck of a lot. So it's like it it's it's not like an o- overly hugely creative story it it was fun to get through and some of the boss fights were they were fun but they were also a little easy so I don't like I don't know if it's just because I was playing on normal mode and like the mechanics it's like clearly shoot the the the, the main target you shoot that uh, otherwise your your blasts bounce off of them it's they weren't really like complicated mechanics or anything like that they looked cool I'll give it that got like a a soul's like aspect of some of the creatures, but yeah, it's just for me, it, it was it was good. Obviously, it's decent enough where it kept my attention for, like straight for the last couple of weeks. I haven't really been playing anything else, so I did have fun with it. But it's just, it, it's just, it's just above average. That's that's all I could say. It's, it's decent. I probably wouldn't recommend 100% paying full price for it. Um, you'll probably get anywhere from like maybe if you want to get everything, maybe 30 to 40 hours. If you just do the story, probably, well, if you sped around the story, probably wouldn't take that long to be honest, but I wouldn't recommend it because you could probably get through the game in like probably less than 15 hours. If you just probably way less actually, if you just did the straight up storyline. So, but overall I had a decent time with it above average. I'll give it a six out of 10. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much been my week. I'm looking forward to just wrapping that one up and I don't think I could see myself ever going back to it. Like, I've kind of, you know, done it, move on type of thing. If there was ever, like, an expansion or DLC, maybe. I could maybe see myself going back for one of those things. There isn't really a new game plus. Like, I, there you unlock stuff at the end of the game. It says you could start a new game, but it's like, I don't know. It's not officially a new game plus, I don't think. But yeah, overall, that's pretty much been my gaming week. How about yourself steve i didn't see you online too much this week
1: uh i had a week uh, you know i had another one of those weeks that i seem to be getting more and more of this year especially so you know crazy weather problems so i was out of commission thanks to storms and other dumb crap um just aggravating it basically ruined one of my days off my primary gaming day is always wednesday And that was taken from me, so I got almost no time in games. I've maybe played two hours this week, and getting through just, you know, all this stuff with holidays and everything else in preparation for work and Storm, yeah, left me with two hours, so I didn't really want to start anything new, so I I just, to kill time, I started a new character in Elden Ring, and this time I think I picked uh, Assassin or whatever. Can't remember what it's called, but he's got a small little shield. And I'm like, yeah, that might be handy at some points in the game. Maybe this playthrough, I'll do a little more pairing and, uh, or at least try it. It's, uh, ever since Dark Souls 3, it's not as uh, straightforward as it used to be, but whatever. And yeah, that's basically all I did is start a new character. And now I'm trying to see if knowing more about the game at the start will make it easier or harder or what. But it's, uh, I'm having a good time again, just being in that world and, playing what feels like home now (laughs) and uh yeah who knows Uh, same issue you know as we talked about last week i was looking at the um, spring sale they added more games still can't commit to anything same reason as we talked about last week where we don't know what's going to show up on their subscription service so now i'm kind of like ah that might be nice but what if and you know and even if it's not there day one it's like ah it could show up later so I'm going to spend no money and just play what I've got. And like you said, there is a, we do have a back catalog, like you more than me, like myself, but, uh, whatever. I'm, again, I just got to force myself to commit to one of the games in my backlog. So. I have
0: such a backlog. I could, I probably have enough games I could play for like two years, to be honest, to catch up yeah. on everything that I have.
1: We, I guess uh, additionally, we can talk about the board game we played last weekend with friends and it's a board game that actually made a brief appearance in One of the latest South Park episodes this season, which is Return to Dark Tower. Uh, I was very hyped when I saw it show up in the show because I hadn't received it yet. It was a Kickstarter campaign. And, you know, I think, I mean, man, it feels like I did that a long time ago, at least a year and a half ago. Finally showed up. We tried it. Got our asses kicked. I don't think we fully comprehend the strategy. Of that game. So I think we won one
0: game. Yeah, but looking back, we kind of, we did it in a wrong way. Uh, So I don't think we would have officially won. We probably would have because one of our our other buddies was pretty stacked. He probably would have officially gotten through it. But yeah, we didn't do the final battle properly.
1: Okay. So yeah, you know, it was something we, uh, it it was just good to be around friends again. Um, Mm, I think that was overall the main takeaway. So yeah, you know, I guess that was a game that's you know honestly i played that much more than anything else so there you go yeah but we don't have to take any more time with me we're just going to move straight into the news because we actually have quite a bit and we'll start with square enix latest rpg falls below 10 players on <laughs> steam i almost choked on that uh this one comes from tech Ra- radar uh babylon's fall the latest co-op action rpg from square enix and platinum game struggles to attract an audience when it launched last march and now has fallen below 10 concurrent players on PC for the first time. As game tracking site, Steam chart shows only 8 players booted up Babylon's Fall on Steam during one point on April 13th, marking a new low for the Alien game. As of press time, a paltry 93 people were playing, and it's attracted an average concurrent player count of only 149 across the last 30 days. So Chris, uh, I guess what this means is we should all go buy Babylon's Fall. Some reason it's already on the Steam or the Spring sales. Uh, It's interesting why it's already being discounted. I I can't imagine why.
0: This is uh, as you probably heard me giggling throughout the article. It's it's pretty pretty bad, pretty pretty pretty, pretty bad, pretty bad. (laughs) Like yeah, I mean I I think we've talked about this game a a fair amount in the past, so I don't know. It's just. It missed the mark when they when the when Square Enix is reaching out to the player base, which I wouldn't even call the base at this point. If this was Jenga, it would be spread out all over the table. Um, asking for help from their audience to improve the game when there is not really an audience, like the chance that those people that are playing it are actually going to respond with some meaningful feedback, mm-hmm. they ain't going to get it.
1: They're not, I mean, those eight concurrent members might have some feedback, you know, they're, they're playing it, but they might, um, I
0: the percentage of people who actually respond to those types of things. Yeah. It's, it's like, I, they probably didn't even get any response.
1: <laughs> I mean, really just looking at this, I feel like even though Square Enix already said they want to keep supporting it, they're going to keep supporting it. If you're hitting lows, eight people at a time, I, I really don't think yeah. this thing even makes a year at Anthem this point. didn't even it, get that you know yeah it's just man i don't know i don't know what to think uh this is really concerning and i feel bad for anyone that bought this game and now i feel like the nails in the the last nails have basically driven into the coffin here and who's i just can't i feel like it's going to go the wave anthem now that you bring it up where it's just going to be or even marvel's avengers really just look at how many times you hear about an update will get spaced further and further apart until you realize, oh, man, it's been a year since I heard about this game, and that's because they wanted to die, and they want you to forget about it.
0: Yeah. So I feel bad
1: for those players, because this is, you know, this only came out, like, a month ago. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't know who, like, on, like, who do I feel sorry for? Like, yeah, the people who spent money on it, but, like, was it Platinum Games that really dropped the ball on this, or was Square Enix, like, keeping the pressure on No, no, Square Enix is only
1: the publisher, and But yeah, they might have put,
0: like, undo pressure on them maybe like maybe they that's didn't fine, plan
1: but like even with pl- pressure how are your graphics that bad how does it look like we're yeah. playing a ps2 game
0: but Frame i just rate. don't think
1: there's ever a time that this was going to be a solid game and i no. agree with you like it still could be a combination of the both um but I, I just there's nothing about this game that stood out to anyone that's why i had so many negative reviews so it to not see one aspect of this game like looking like it would have been successful in any way. Like, you know, when we're talking about gameplay, graphics, you know, even quests, uh, anything like that, the music even, like everything was just negative when you read the reviews. So I I just, and that is what makes me feel like the, you know, the blame is Platinum Games. Yeah. And and
0: when I compare it to Anthem, I, obviously Anthem did a lot better, but I think the reason Anthem probably did better was it had hype oh there was, absolutely there was uh, you know e3 news there was and just a marketing campaign yeah marketing that, campaign right? was nuts where this game i maybe like didn't see any like official like advertisements for it like till like maybe a month before it came out if that mm-hmm. and it was very f- few were far apart so that's obviously what the difference between the comparison but i think if anthem didn't get as much you know publication as this one anthem could have ended up the exact same way to be honest
1: and I definitely I think what people need to understand, too, if you're not aware of this game at all, uh, Babylon's Fall is a game uh, or uh, what are we? What's the new definition now? a live service game. The games of a service and basically you need people online for this game to be successful. Having only eight people playing at one time, at least for Steam, that that really restricts that game, uh, especially I think it's up to four people in the same server. So that means only two like, parties could even play this game. The <laughs> alternative
0: you to... is you might get eight really good friends. There you go. <laughs> You'll be the closest of friends. <laughs> if you're assuming you're playing with friends <laughs> or people. So we'll move on to our next article. Pedro Pascal created a healthy distance from the Last of Us game to prepare for the TV series. This one comes from BGC. Explaining that he didn't have enough skill to play the game, Pascal said he watched his nephew play it instead. In quotes... I watched for as long as I was able to that day, and then I had to leave Florida, he recalled. I found Joel so impressive. I found the whole of it such a visually impressive experience, and then I got worried that I would want to imitate too much, which I think could be right in some circumstances and then a mistake in others. So I just wanted to create a healthy distance and for that to be more in the hands of Craig Mazin and Neil Druckmann. Pasco also hinted that the show may not follow the exact plot of the game, saying there's a very, very creative way of honoring what's important and also preserving what is iconic to the experience of the video game, and also to include things that you wouldn't necessarily expect, and then directions that you would expect it to go, and it might not. They're doing some really smart things, is all I can say. We've talked about this in the past. Uh, I think we're probably both... Interested in the series, um, specifically if they stay around the original game for storyline. Um, hopefully, it's a mix of the two. Uh, I suspect it will be. They'll probably add a couple other characters to the storyline that maybe weren't in the original game. I could see. Um, I don't know. Are you? Are, what's your hype level? Like my hype level wasn't very high, but I'm I'm interested. Is about I all I can say.
1: Yeah, mine was i would say an average level um i definitely wasn't you know having difficulties breathing waiting for this but now i'm lesser than uh less. i think we just dropped two points you know this is all the stuff i don't like to hear because now it just seems like again hollywood's biggest problem is hey this thing has namesake and it has a fan a fandom an audience and let's just use the name and then create something Yeah. yeah and not honor it not have anything to do with it like we talked about many times resident evil movies monster hunter and all these game adaptations they just don't understand what it's about and like i just don't understand why with games they do this all the time and not that it never happens when they're taking from a book series but there's way more times where I feel like they honor the book series uh, way more than what they do with game adaptations. And that's what I'm seeing here. I Just the fact that he doesn't really like you watch your nephew play a little bit of the game. Let's be frank. Like you can say you took some stuff from it, but really just sounds like he was playing it and you're like, oh, this seems like a neat game. And then you walked away. I I don't feel like you would have absorbed anything of Joel's essence. And yeah, you can say you're going to rely on what Neil Druckmann wants you to do. But I've also lost faith in Neil Druckmann just because the last was part two. It felt like he wanted to do a lot more things than just tell the story. Uh, I feel like he just wanted people to understand his opinions on everything and lesser than the story being the main focus. And it's just, I don't know. I'm just so concerned that I'm like, yeah, this is going to, you know, and honestly, even we can talk about it now. Halo TV series, same issue. Every time I hear anyone talk about it, they're like, Man, they don't. They, they don't want nothing to do with the game. They're not following the story. Uh, side characters seem to have more focus. It, it it makes zero sense. And I'm not gonna say like that's for sure what's gonna happen here because HBO has some credibility. Obviously, they make really good things. So I'm not saying it, it, it's an impossibility that the show's good, but just on paper, what we're reading here, I'm I'm very not excited. Mm. If
0: anything, like. I want to see, like, similar mannerisms and stuff with the character, at least. And I feel like if, if he was watching the game, I really hope he watched the very beginning of the game with, like, yeah. what when the outbreak happens and the stuff with his daughter and all that stuff. Because, like, dude, I have I think we can all admit when that game first starts, that, that one pulls on the heartstrings, like, almost instantly. And it's like, oh, yeah, this is a good game. <laughs> but... Like, I hope that's the part he would have seen and not just the running around, gunning, and sneaking up behind people. They need
1: to stick to the storyline, man. Like, that's the other thing I'm scared of is like, we're just not going to get those impacts you're talking about. Cause I won't spoil the ending, but there's something so significant in that ending that is the crescendo of this perfect storytelling. And if that doesn't happen, if there isn't a decision made, and if you play the game, you know what I'm talking about, I feel like it will lose all importance. And it's just, I don't know, I could see it falling apart at that point.
0: The show will be 20% them and then 80% all about the fireflies. <laughs> you know, I, I, who knows?
1: It could go anywhere. Um, but anyway, we got a packed show. Let's get to our next one. Bug Snacks is coming to Steam, Switch, and Xbox consoles on April 28th alongside the previously announced DLC, The Isle of Big Snacks. In the DLC, you will find even more to do on the main island of the original game with new mail quests from the <laughs> Grumpuses to complete, uh, hats to acquire for snacks, and it will feature your very own hut to decorate and call home. So this isn't a big article. I just figured if you enjoyed the base game, there's more free DLC coming, and it's coming real soon. And also, if you don't have a PlayStation and some reason you listen to our show, uh, it sounds like it's coming to you real soon. So, you know, have fun. It's a neat game. Uh, I didn't invest too much time, but it's also not a game made for no. me. So
0: the audience is definitely younger. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. It was fun. It probably a good one for your kids to play or something like that. Cause
1: oh, and I think it was a solid base game. Oh like, yeah, for I'm sure. Not, oh yeah. it I, looks I could gorgeous. see fun
0: there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it reminds me of like, well, I don't want to say it reminds me of like the style of like crash bandicoot or Spyro or something, but it's like trying to hit that same similar mark, essentially the same type. Hmm. So that's just a small article. We'll keep moving forward. Sony invests a further $1 billion into Fortnite maker Epic Games. This one comes from Push Square. Sony has invested another $1 billion into Fortnite developer Epic Games in order to deepen its relationship with the firm in the metaverse field. This increases the funding provided by the PlayStation 5 manufacturer to a total of $1.45 billion, as Sony made two other payments of $250 million in July 2020 and then another 200 million in April 2021. This latest round of funding represents the company's biggest investment in Epic Games yet. Speaking in a press release, Kenichiro Yoshida, chairman, president and CEO of Sony Group Corporation, said the investment would strengthen the relationship between the two companies in the metaverse field. We are also confident that Epic's expertise, including their powerful game engine, combined with Sony's technologies, will accelerate our various efforts, such as the development of new digital fan experiences in sports and our virtual production initiatives.
1: Well, there you go. Not much to talk about here, just more investment from Sony, which, you know, rather big one. Yeah, yeah, definitely, compared to the rest, right? Um, It's just, I'm excited to see the fruits of this. I want to see more games take advantage of Unreal Engine 5. they are hearing All so many games talking about Unreal Engine 5 and I hope Sony joins that. You know, certain studios may not have a dedicated uh, engine or maybe they want to upgrade their engine but don't want to spend that time. I think this investment will allow them to be like, you know what? It is okay if you want to use Unreal Engine 5 because guess what? Even if we have to pay them a licensing fee, we're getting some of that back. <laughs> so... I think this is great, and I just hope they keep doubling down. I like this partnership, and I'm so excited to play the first Unreal Engine 5 game on our next-gen or current-gen consoles.
0: Yeah, I don't have much to say other than what you really said, so like the investment is a great uh, deal for them in the sense that they'll strengthen that relationship so that like they'll have probably... I won't say they're going to get a better level of support uh, from the company, so anything that helps and gets more games out there with like the unreal engine five. Cause that thing looks like it's going to be mwah, just beautiful. So any, I want to see every game <laughs> in unreal engine five at this point. Yeah, for sure. So
1: we're going to keep moving forward. Certain digital PS3 and Vita titles are expiring and no one knows why this one comes from VG two four seven. Some players are reporting that certain PlayStation games like chrono cross are expiring on the PS3 and PlayStation Vita. Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition, launched earlier this week, but now certain players are claiming that legally purchased digital versions of PS1 classics like Chrono Cross and Chrono Trigger are no longer playable, as reported by Kotaku. Twitter user Christopher Foose, I hope I'm saying either one of those correctly, shared an image showing their digital copy of Chrono Cross with an expiry date of the 31st of December 1969 and that the remaining time to play the game had expired and is no longer playable on PS3 or Vita. Foose or Fos goes on to explain that they had tested Chrono Trigger earlier that day, April 8th, and on their PS3, and it ran fine and had no expiration date. Talking with the official PlayStation support system did not help with the issue either, and later on, other users showed games like Final Fantasy IX and Final Fantasy VI facing the same issues of having an expiry date in the past. A couple of users on Reddit have also shared issues with games not working, with one being unable to play Unit 13, and another unable to access any of their digital catalog at all. The fact that this issue is happening with multiple games means that this is not directly because of the release of Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers edition. So the reason why it is happening for all these games uh, is currently up in the air. One explanation as noted by Kotaku is potentially something known as the Unix Epoch. The Unix Epochs is an arbitrary date early engineers decided was the beginning of an operating system's lifespan. So it could be that a glitch on Sony's back end is settling or setting the expiration date of these titles to the Unix epoch. Whatever the reason is, it shouldn't be happening and it's hopefully just some kind of glitch. Okay, so that was definitely longer than needed to be for such a small article. But there you go, Chris. Uh, Go check your PS1 classics because you might not be able to play them.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm... The conspiracy theory in me is like going a little bit much because I, to be honest, this is probably the correct thing. It's probably a glitch in the system. We PlayStation's had them before with various other issues in the past, uh, and I know I think they were having some server issues this week, if I'm not mistaken, as well. There yep. was a point where it went down, so it could be something related to that as well. The conspiracy theorist in me, which isn't a high level of conspiracy theory, but wants to say that, like for specific games like Chrono Cross, I could see them maybe doing that in order to try to incentivize you to buy the newer version of the game or the, whatever the latest release of the game is. The biggest problem is, like, when you pay for something, you can't just then take it away. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not paying for the subscription to play my PS1 classics. I, I paid for that game, that classic game. So I am leaning much more towards this is just a glitch that'll probably get patched out or figured out on the server back end. Um, but, yeah, I, I could see them, like, trying to be shifty in the sense where it's like, yeah, we want people to buy the new version of the Chrono Cross game. But I don't see them doing that. Like, you, you've you paid for the game. It, to me, this is more or less probably just a glitch.
1: If it was something more complicated, like um, Warcraft, when they did the remastered version. Ugh, and it just auto-forced you to get the newer version and it was worse. Well, that's a different thing because it sounds like you didn't have to pay for the remastered. Uh, so even though you couldn't access your originally purchased game, you still had a game. So you're right. In this case, you have to buy the remaster. Uh, so it's not like it just replaces your old one for free. Therefore, yeah, they can't just take away your previous version. Um, so yeah, I, I, most likely this is absolutely a glitch. Maybe it's something in the back end with them screwing around with, uh, you know, the new service we're talking about all the time. I don't think it's a big deal. I think it will probably get fixed soon. It's super annoying. I totally get if people are upset and kind of uh, blown away of why this is even happening at all. But hell, you know, these things kind of happen. Like you said, Chris, uh, already, like, you know, Sony was down this week. Uh, Just dumb shit happens all the time. It's unfortunate. Um, Nice to see people are playing those old games and noticing it. Yeah, there you go. Uh, People do care about their old games. Yeah. They're classics.
0: Classics. So we'll keep moving forward. The Witcher 3 has sold more than 40 million copies. Cyberpunk 2077 surpasses 18 million. This one comes from Game Informer. CD Projekt Red has released its 2021 fiscal year earnings, revealing new sales numbers for both its Witcher franchise and its latest game, Cyberpunk 2077. As of today, the Witcher series has sold more than 65 million copies, with more than 40 million of them being The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt alone. And Cyberpunk 2077, on the other hand, has sold more than 18 million copies, which is pretty respectable to be honest. The last time CDPR publicly released sales numbers for its latest RPG, the studio revealed in April of last year that Cyberpunk 2077 sold more than 13.7 million copies in 2020. That means that between the end of 2020 and now, so roughly 16 months, Cyberpunk 2077 has sold about 5 million copies. That's still an impressive number to be sure, but it speaks to a larger drop-off for the title's sales in 2021. The interesting thing is, like, does this factor in all the people who did refunds of the game? Or, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes those, those numbers won't change that, right? So it's like, yeah. there, you could have, like, eight, the, whatever it is, 18 million copies, but of those 18 million... I think there was a a crap ton of games that were refunded and that probably isn't factored in that number.
1: Well, and there's some other iffy things that I was looking at, I think last week as recording, or maybe it's just the day after I can't remember, but it was sometime last week. I remember reading an article that just for a day, I think it was just one day that cyberpunk suddenly magically dropped itself to $5 for people. Hmm. So I was just like, well is was that something to try to raise the the unit sold as well just before they had to have this um investors call it, you know it seems a little sketchy the little timing's a little weird i you know i don't know but um hopefully that's not the case but either way i think this game kind of is surfacing in a way that we can all kind of see the real story around it where you know it sold its majority before people realize it's broken like chris said i think a decent chunk, we're not going to say a majority because I doubt that's true, but I think there was a decent chunk that got refunds, and I think you can really see that when in its, you know, not even second year, because uh, it was only out for like a few months in 2020. And its second year it only sold $5 million, you know, less than half the first year. Uh, you know, that speaks volumes, and I think that title has, I don't want to use tarnish because of Elden Ring, but uh, there's definitely a stank on it. But uh, yeah, we'll move on to more Cyberpunk news. And that was from the same investor's call. We found out Cyberpunk 2077 expansion release date is targeting for 2023. This one comes from IGN. Cyberpunk 2077's first expansion is slated to be released in 2023. CD Projekt Red President Adam Kaczynski announced during today's earning call. It offers a window into the ongoing development of the expansion, the Cyberpunk 2077 at large, which CDPR has pledged to continue supporting. According to Kaczynski, uh, the Cyberpunk 2077 expansion is being developed by multiple agile teams, which were implemented as part of the transformation process that began after Cyberpunk 2077's disastrous development. He didn't elaborate on what the expansion would entail, but did say that it would be developed in the same framework with the Witcher franchise. Uh, In quotes, we're fully committed to the Cyberpunk franchise and intend to develop it further, Kaczynski said. The status of Cyberpunk expansion has been a question mark since the release of patch 1.5, which completed the CD Projekt's large-scale overhaul of the project. Earlier this week, Cyberpunk Quest Director uh, Powell Sasko said that Cyberpunk was far from finished while reconfirming the expansion. CD Projekt Red has previously said that Cyberpunk 2077 will ultimately have more DLC than The Witcher 3. So there you go. Uh I guess it takes quite a bit of time to release an expansion, Chris. Um it takes almost two years. That's a lot. It's like a StarCraft um, expansion. <laughs> well, and it's just it's crazy to me that it's like other games would or like studios would have probably moved on from their project at this point. You know, actually I think it's in homework, but we know Ghost's Tsushima Soccer Punch. Um they're moving on from the Legends mode, you know, it's time to work on a new game. And same thing, that game's around the two year mark, or is coming towards the two year mark. Most games, and I get and this one is trying to get all of its money back, you know, they put a lot into it, they probably even put more into trying to fix it. They need the money. And they made all these promises. And I guess they want to start repairing the relationship they have with consumers, for sure. But I don't know. It kind of feels like it's not on the same scale, but it kind of feels like as we were talking about with Babylon's fall, it's like, at what point do you just call it?
0: Yeah. I'm not sure. Did they ever announce, I feel like they did at some point, but was this first expansion supposed to be free? I thought, I think the DLCs
1: were supposed to be free, which they've never come either. So man, it just makes your head
0: hurt. Yeah. It's, it's complicated. Like I am I had started the game up a couple weeks ago. I think I'm intending on playing it more, but yeah, it's there's definitely still issues and stuff. There's a lot of promises that were made in the game that are non-existence. Like the way that the mechanics of the police are still pretty much pretty bland. Um but yeah, I mean, I guess I'm excited for an expansion, but I think people have moved on pretty quick. There's still a lot of people, I think, playing Cyberpunk, but I think for the most part, it's people are moved on to the next game. So the expansion in 2023, is that going to bring a lot of people back? Maybe it's possible. Like, if-
1: I don't know. Like, You bring up an interesting point because just speaking of my social circle, I've seen people jump into cyberpunk for the first time a lot of people i know yeah we waiting for the next gen version yeah and as quickly as they all popped in they all popped out I, I literally no one on my friends list is even playing anymore including yourself chris yeah. i think you popped in for a small amount of time and i think that just seems to be the norm i don't think this game is trending as well as they would like it to i think the sales figures that we talked about reflect that and i'm not saying this is a horrible game i've put at least over 40 hours into it when i originally played it there's fun to be found, but I it just it didn't revolutionize the it didn't revolutionize the industry. Like no. I think it kind of promised, and I know some people try to kind of come back and say that was the audience's fault for setting those expectations. I'm like, no. You read any of the quotes? It was definitely CD Projekt Red. They, like, they,
0: they set the expectations high, and we matched it. Being the consumers, exactly. I don't think we blew it up more than it was. Uh, like okay. there are, for some, like for instance, one game I think where expectations versus reality was that blown up was Death Stranding. I'm pretty sure they were pretty clear on kind of what the game was going to be, but I think as consumers we blew it up like saying it was going to be even more than it was. It was still a very good game, but in our heads we yeah. thought it was going to be like explosions and just epic amazingness of, of around every corner, and it really. It's, it's a package delivery system game with, with a decent story in it, right? So that's one hell example. Hop Simulator 2021. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that's an example of a game where we overblew the expectations, where Cyberpunk, you no, know, they set the expectations really, really high, and we matched it, and they did not deliver.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we're going to keep moving forward, because guess what? We got more CD Projekt Red information to talk about.
0: CD Projekt says The Witcher 3's new gen upgrade isn't in development hell. This one comes from VGC. The publisher stated on Wednesday that the new gen versions had been delayed again, and that development had been brought in-house to complete the project. However, in an investor's call made on Thursday, as transcribed by PC Gamer, Senior Vice President of Business Development, Mikhail Nowakowski, stressed that the game wasn't in development hell. I've been looking at the headlines that popped up here and there over the internet. I've seen one that really drew my attention, which is Witcher 3's next-gen delayed indefinitely, which sounds like the game is in some sort of development hell. I wanted to state that this is not the fact. There's been a lot of insinuations that we're going to launch like June next year or something like that. That's completely not the case. Everything we're saying is we have taken the development of the game in-house, the game is going to be finished in-house. We're evaluating our time that requires a bit of investigation. That's all we're saying. Nobody's saying the game is delayed with some monumental time gap ahead of us. That's as much as I can say about Witcher next-gen, but I really want to emphasize that fact. However, development has been moved in-house with CD project stating on Wednesday, we have decided to have our in-house development team conduct the remaining work on the next-gen version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. We are currently evaluating the scope of what to be done and thus have postponed Q2 release until further notice.
1: So there's a few editor's notes we got here. Chris Witcher 3's next-gen release was originally scheduled for last year, but in October it was delayed to the second quarter of 2022 before being delayed again on Wednesday through the new launch announcement. Uh, and then additionally, the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S editions of the game were being developed inter- externally, sorry, by Saber Interactive, which also previously handled the game's Nintendo Switch port. Uh, so right away, I'm just going to say it because it jumped in my head as you were reading the article, Final Fantasy Seven Remake. Does this sound familiar to you, Chris? I mean... It was being made externally, and then Square got very concerned and then yeah. scrapped the entire thing and took it in-house as well. So, are you know, I this is purely speculation, but are we looking at the same kind of development where they saw it was kind of the train was coming off the tracks and they have to make a move now before this thing's just a, a huge possibly, colossal
0: mess? Possibly. Possibly. I could see where you'd make that connection. The big difference is with the remake, it was a totally new game as opposed to this is just an upgrade, right? Mm -hmm. so I yeah they might have that very well could be true where they saw that it was going off the rails a little bit and needed to pull it back to to reevaluate and fix it as to what it was I think people probably are excited for this I
1: probably would even go back to you know there's a fondness for that world uh and I always have a good time playing it yeah the combat's you know, he's even dated at the time, honestly. It was never great, but it worked, and once you get used to it, it's, it's fine. Yeah. Um, I think you realize it's the sub-actions you can do, like potions and using certain spells. It's a preparation, in the fights that really made that game stand out, so I think it, it allows me to forgive the combat. Mm.
0: I think for from- me... Uh, but it was
1: the quests and the characters and the story and the lore. I mean, all that stuff was top-notch.
0: Yeah, that was super great about the game, definitely. My biggest thing is, like, I've spent my time in that game. I had over 150 to 200 hours somewhere in that ballpark with the, with the uh, DLCs or expansions or whatever you want to call them. They were big enough for their expansions. Um, I don't think I could go back to it just because I've already put my time into it. I'd like to see it. Like, if you ended up playing it, I'd like to w- watch you try like try it out and how it looks and everything. I don't think you'd be able to pull me in again because it just it's, that's such a time crunch if you want to play that game highly recommended if you haven't played it at this point maybe wait but uh for me it's like i don't know if i could go back that was so much time spent on that game
1: yeah i mean and i guess even if you want to jump into it god knows when you can play it oh god um these delays after delays and yes cd project red of all people should be delaying things i get that it's just the frequency of their delays with the end results you know it just never justified um that's i guess my issue here but maybe they've learned hopefully they've learned and maybe again delays are what they should be actually improving the product and giving us a launch ready title so which would be refreshing they
0: gotta stop announcing things too soon
1: too soon junior absolutely i mean hopefully that's something they'll learn through this process as well just stop talking about things until you're ready to talk about things yeah Uh, i i get it they're probably in repair mode let's talk about something positive yada yada even you know we didn't bring up everything but you know they talk about in their financial investors call basically everything they're working on more cyberpunk stuff more witcher stuff the new uh witcher on unreal 5 uh one of their other studios is working on an existing ip but they wouldn't talk about what Gwent, a gwent spinoff you know it's just they got a lot going on, but like none of it's really that important, in my opinion. I, I cyber the new Witcher would probably be the only one I could think of. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think they just should stop talking. But again, it's these investor calls too. I I think they just are trying to do the best they can right now with the kind of the chess pieces they got going. Same so way we're going to move forward. Kojima Productions not being bought by Sony says Hideo Kojima. This one comes from Push Square. Yesterday's online speculation of Sony potentially buying Kojima Productions picked up enough attention overnight that Hideo Kojima himself felt the need to comment on the rumors. On Twitter, the Metal Gear Solid and Death Stranding creator put an end to the speculative chatter. uh, In quotes, I'm sorry for the misunderstanding, but Kojima Productions has been and will continue to be an independent studio, he said. Funnily enough, Kojima actually fueled the speculation himself before issuing the statement as he simply posted a new PlayStation Studio banner doing the rounds for Death Stranding protagonist Sam Bridges on it. This was done from his Japanese account without any context. Of course, the internet took this to mean the Sony acquisition was happening before Kojima shared his statement just under two hours later. So there you go, another banner. Uh, Death Stranding was included there. Doesn't necessarily mean anything. I think the banner was supposed to be about exclusive games, not exactly uh, studios that they own or have acquired. Uh, even though a lot of them are, so I could see kind of the connection there. Yeah. But I think they're going to do a better job announcing. Although, in fairness, this is how we found out about Blue Point's acquisition. Uh, so I, I, it's not that people are, like, you know, too far gone for making that connection. I, I totally understand the misunderstanding there. Um, but there you go. Not really much to talk about here. I think it's fairly simple to just look at this and be like probably not but still in the back of our minds maybe there's a possibility here i mean again it is a studio that follows that traditional beat of like they've worked with sony you know death stranding and it sounds like there's rumors that they will continue to work with sony although there are just as many rumors talking about a separate xbox partnership possible uh but until then it, it if sony did acquire them at this point it would feel like they didn't really actually rip anything from Xbox. So it'd be like that normal beat we're used to.
0: Yeah. I could see it happening. Like I know, I think they're pretty close, like relationship wise, Sony and uh, yeah. Kojima productions. And like you say, all the games and stuff like that too. So this isn't a far stretch of the imagination to see that this acquisition would be possible. Um, to be honest, I would kind of like that. Cause I like Kojima's mind and, and the stuff he creates, even, how weird and out there it can be it's it's definitely art that's for sure (laughs) yeah but yeah i'd be excited for that type of acquisition but yeah it's maybe he's trolling maybe he's like oh yeah he seems like a bit of a troll sometimes too in some of the things he does so (laughs) oh yeah he likes to play games there's no doubt yeah so we're gonna move forward nintendo and sony are changing the way subscription renewals are handled this one comes from vg247 after an investigation into how Nintendo and Sony handle renewals for paid online subscription services, both have made changes to company policy. As reported by GameIndustry.biz, the changes were prompted after an investigation into auto-renewal practices was conducted by the Competition and Markets Authority. In light of the investigation into comply with consumer protection laws, Sony will change how it renews its PlayStation Plus subscription. The new plan will see the company send reminders to customers that haven't used the service in a while, telling them how to cancel their subscription. Should a user not cancel and is not actively using it, Sony will stop taking payments. That's pretty cool. Meanwhile, Nintendo will no longer offer automatic renewal as the default option for its Nintendo Switch online service. Should customers wish to choose auto renewal, they will need to do so after signing up. The companies have followed in Microsoft's footsteps, which changed how information to Game Pass subscribers was presented. Since January, users can clearly see displayed information on membership, pricing, refunds, and cancellation.
1: So this one's not a big article. I don't think, especially because we're running long, that we need to take too much time on this. I just think this is a smart move. I wish it didn't seem like it was forced upon them. I wish they would have made these decisions themselves um, and just done the right thing. But, you know, that's that corporate thing and why I try not to confuse corporations with my friends.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Deep down, I'd like to hope that they weren't doing it purposefully. And it was just that's just how it was working in the system. But it it was probably purposeful.
1: Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, all these subscription services, when they first came out, they intentionally make it harder to cancel than necessary. I can't remember one specifically but i remember every time i think you know i think it was uh oh what does amazon call their audiobook one is it just called audiobooks i can't remember but they, yeah i just audible 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 yeah that's it yeah so i'm that one is specifically it's ridiculously hard to try to find and cancel they hide it in so many clever ways and by the end you're so angry but you're actually like you know what yeah tops like hats off to you you like put so much work in, like just trying to keep people. It's almost impressive. I'm barely mad anymore. <laughs> uh, anyway, we'll move forward to our next one. PlayStation Plus was devastating for Odd World Soulstorm sales. Claims creator. This one comes from VGC. Strap in, boys. This is a long one. Lauren Lanning, the creator of Odd World series, has claimed that including his most recent game, Odd World Soulstorm, in PlayStation Plus as a bundled monthly game was devastating for the game sales. Speaking on Xbox Expansion Pass podcast this week, transcribed by VGC, the veteran developer claimed that despite his studio Oddworld Inhabitants, uh, expecting around 50,000 to 100,000 copies of Oddworld Source Soulstorm to be claimed during its time as a PS Plus free game, it was downloaded over 4 million times. Quite a bit of a jump. Lanning believes the studio thus missed out on profits due to the unexpected popularity of the title on Sony's subscription service, eating into potential sales. In quotes, it's kind of a double-edged sword. I'll give you an example around Soulstorm. Lanning said when asked about PS Plus, he explained that initially, he felt that doing a PS Plus deal was a necessity uh, to get the project done. We were hitting a number of legacy technical debt issues and talent issues. And you know, the game industry is emerging fast. Huge companies are paying fortunes, he explained. Lanning said that he was initially hesitant to give the Soulstorm away on PlayStation Plus due to the lack of PS5 consoles that were available in January 2021. However, the team eventually agreed with Lanning saying that we thought we did a pretty good deal. He explained the most we could sell is less than the money we're getting. We might sell 50,000 units at launch, maybe 100,000 units. It was pretty small numbers because there wasn't going to be a lot of PS5s. Lanning claimed that the game did significantly better than the team could have imagined due to the change in release date. Uh, in quotes again, because it slipped to April, we had the highest downloaded game on PS5 and it was, I think, approaching close to 4 million units or something like that for free because they were all subscriptions. So for us, it was devastating. So that's the end of the article, but edit- editor notes, game industry analyst Piers Harding Rolls uh, has since commented on Lanning's claims pointing out that it sounded like the game may not have even finished had the PS Plus money not been offered uh so I just want to add that in for a little bit of context but Chris how do you feel about this uh I feel like in one hand it speaks to what me and you were saying about subscription services and certain games could potentially be losing money um but I think there's another hand here where I think he's overlooking the fact that I think he only has 4 million downloads because, and I don't even know if those are true downloads or just, you know, when you hit add to library. Uh, is it something more like that just because more people don't want to miss out on their PlayStation Plus games?
0: I think that comment you made at the end is kind of the revealing thing. I noticed that when I read that article was the fact that, like, they he wasn't sure that they would actually be able to finish the game without an, an this deal, because uh, they needed the the money to get through to finish the game. Like, it might not have existed. Like, I, I see how this went a little bit bad, because initially, the game, I think it was, was it January, you said it was supposed to come out? And then yeah. it got pushed to April, which was the month that they had agreed that the game would be free on PlayStation Plus. So I could see where that's pretty bad, because then your game's coming out the day, or month, it's pretty much being free. So I could see how that's definitely going to hurt you, definitely 100 percent. but to me it's like maybe there should have been some contingencies in there like the fact that the game got pushed really hurt them because if the game was out january for every march they could have had those initial sales from the people who were like hyped for the game and then all the other playstation plus people afterwards but to me I, i i think like if he really wanted to they could have went out and done like another investment round right try to get new investors to help you finish your game type thing that uh, to me, obviously I'm not there, but like that seems like that would have been a valid option to do because it's from what I read, it sounds like they were not able to finish the game without the money they got from this deal. So uh, I I, I 100% agree where it's like, it's a double edged sword, but it's like, I, I don't know if this situation applies to like every other deal that's out there. I I did find it interesting that like the deal for like the decision on the PlayStation Plus games is like months in advance, like like significantly. Like they know what's coming out probably in the next six months ahead of time. So that's kind of interesting to to know. Sometimes it's we don't know, right? Like they might decide halfway through the month what the next month's going to be. I don't know. Obviously, deals take a little bit longer and whatnot. But yeah, I don't know. I I agree where it's a double edged sword, but maybe. I don't know maybe it's not a, maybe it shouldn't be a money thing but like I understand why it is but it's like you should be happy that that many people are out there playing your game and enjoying it cuz your numbers wouldn't have been nearly that no. high nearly that high like there's people who are hyped for it people who played the the series in the past I don't know how much it appealed to any new gamers out there but yeah to me it I I definitely wouldn't have had that much Play not playability, but renown. Like m- not a lot of people would have played the game otherwise. So,
1: yeah, I I agree with you. I think uh you shouldn't be conflating these numbers. uh Whatever he thought, if it was going to be fifty thousand to a hundred thousand, which I I don't even understand. Even he he says it's based off the limited amount of PS5s that were available in January twenty twenty one. But I'm kind of like man. They actually had, you know, again, in the first year, they sold quite a few PlayStation 5s. Like, there were millions of copies already purchased and owned. So, cutting yourself down to only 50,000 units because you thought there wasn't a lot of PS5s seems odd to me. And clearly, again, looking at the numbers he actually got, uh, it shows there were a lot of PS5s. And I agree with you, Chris, even if it wasn't through PS Plus, or if it wasn't through PS Plus, I, I shouldn't say even... um it wouldn't have hit those numbers and maybe it would have hit higher than he thought like yeah there is a hunger there's an appetite for next gen titles so when you get your ps5 there wasn't too many um so he could have gotten better sales but again then we talk we go back in circles and discuss what have gotten to that point that he could release the game financially if he didn't take the deal so i don't know what to say it kind of feels like there wasn't really an option here anyway and I think the silver lining, what he should take away from this, is that he did get 4 million people to add to library or download or play. I'm not sure. I would like a little more breakdown on those numbers. Um, But if he did get that, then maybe he has namesake now. And the next title, he doesn't have to hopefully do one of these deals. And he can see how far he can get with uh, just himself. Do
0: you recall, was it just the PS5 version that was free? Or was it both 4 and 5? Maybe that's where that number is coming into effect. Like if they were just giving the PS5 version for free. I'm trying to look that up right now. Because if if it was just the PS5 version, I think that's where maybe he was thinking that would be the case about the 50 to 100,000. Because if it was just the PS5 version, the numbers would have been significantly less. But I'm thinking maybe he didn't think or expect PS4 users would add the PS5 version of the game to their... Like library, even though they yeah. can't play it right then and there. I, I'm not, I can't remember, but maybe that's one thing that he had factored in incorrectly. And then, but
1: if you're correct in this, actually, it's very interesting you brought this up, because now my brain is thinking about, well, okay, it did come out on PS4, so if it was going to sell so well, why doesn't he have a ton of numbers on the PS4? Yeah. Because that version wasn't free.
0: Exactly. So it's, it seems to me that the game probably didn't sell well on PS4. It
1: almost, to me, reassures that it wouldn't have done well at all without ps plus yeah, subscription.
0: because counting on the PS5 version wouldn't be a good idea because, let's be honest, the people who got PlayStation 5s that early on, they're probably hardcore gamers, and maybe this is a bit of a stretch, but they this game probably wouldn't have been high up on their list of ones to, to grab right away.
1: But I think because it came out and said... Hey PS5 hey free I think like that I said, would I think been, we're all yeah. so hungry for content for a PS5 that I think they yeah, would jump. True. And I think that's what he's seen and maybe he's just misinterpreting this.
0: Yeah. It's confusing.
1: Mhm. I mean and then there's a whole other avenue we could get into. I don't think we need to, but then you go into that subscription service thing and does it help or does it hurt? And I think that's the gamble you take when you take these deals honestly.
0: Yeah. Very much so. I mean I do good deal. I mean if otherwise the get your investment from some wealthy person who's willing to invest in you, I guess. Or other business.
1: Yeah. And I guess that's the only way we're going to have to end it because we need to talk about Kingdom Hearts 4, Chris.
0: Do we though? Kingdom Hearts 4. It's official. This one comes from VGC. Kingdom Hearts 4 was announced during a Kingdom Hearts 20th anniversary event held in Tokyo, Japan on Sunday. The debut trailer features Zora running through a city before a title card appears. Donald Goofy, Donald, and Goofy also appear. Currently, no release window or platforms have been specified. I would hope that would be just next-gen and, <laughs> and not previous-gen, but... And I wonder why um, there's no release window, Chris. That's, I'm happy that they didn't give a release window, because it probably wouldn't have met it. Yeah, honestly. Anyways, according to Square Enix, Kingdom Hearts 4 will mark the beginning of a an epic new storyline titled The Lost Master Arc. Players are introduced to the Quadratum, which Square Enix describes as a large, expansive city set in a gorgeous, realistic world unlike anything ever seen before in the Kingdom Hearts series. The debut trailer sees the return of Sora's Disney companions Donald and Goofy, in addition to the first appearance of Strelitzia? Strelitzia, who is described as a mysterious new character who appears before Sora in a strange new setting. A brief clip, I think it was maybe three minutes long, uh, of what appears to be gameplay is shown in the video. Oh, well, the sorry, the, the whole clip is th- three minutes long. What was actual gameplay was maybe less than 30, 40 seconds. Uh, is shown in the video with Sora running up buildings and flying through skyscrapers. So, <laughs> I think uh, I think we're... Not divided and I think we both agree with each other that our hype level for this is way significantly lower than the third one was. Absolutely. (laughs) So, uh, we've talked about this in the past. The third Kingdom Hearts very much let both myself and Steve down. Uh, For me, the first and second games were amazing. They They were fantastic. And... It was a big time gap between the second and third one. There's all the other mini games that were in between. I, I, I didn't have like handheld consoles, so I didn't play a lot of those at the time. And the third one comes out and unfortunately it didn't age with its audience is the way I, I refer to it as like, we're all significantly older from when we played the first and second one. And when we, when I played the third one, it didn't, like I said, it didn't feel like it aged with us. Like it, we kept going through the Disney worlds and it it didn't feel as fun as it did before. I, I, did, I don't want to say it felt corny, but it just, it didn't hit as well as the first two games. And that was a significant down point for me. Um, the other significant down point, which I think Steve is more on top of is the fact that where are all the final fantasy characters? Like this is supposed to be, you know, a world with Disney and, you know, final fantasy universes and where are they like they're just not there anymore it's like so is like sora now technically the final fantasy character i don't like who knows so in and and just overall the story was had some fun moments but it's just it wasn't it definitely wasn't the hype that i had brought it up in my head and even what they advertised i it still didn't quite hit well so now the fact that there's a fourth one the fact that there's this real world kind of interests me because, hey, this might not be another Disney movie, you know, story that we're going through again. But is this just a small world, of, like a city world or something? I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect from this. I'm excited in the sense that I'm, I'm a fan of Kingdom Hearts, the originals anyway. But it's like this, and then this one's coming out so much more sooner than like the time gap between the second and third one other things that are getting me excited is that this one's supposed to be in the unreal five engine. So that's exciting, but we don't have confirmation if it's like a pure next gen or current gen game. Like if, it's, if it comes out, it's PS five and Xbox series X and S then I'm more excited, but we don't know that yet. So I don't know. I that's why like I'm bouncing back. And I'm going to
1: say it's confirmed only in the fact it's going to be so long. in the, the future. facts are unreal engine five, which I don't think could run on PS four and Xbox one. Um, and then the other thing is like just the time, yeah. right? If they're, I feel like we know Square. They talk way too early. This is probably way early development. probably just By the time it comes out, you, why would you even bother? Yeah.
0: So that's currently where my head's been going with this article. Where are your thoughts? It's pro- probably similar to mine, but yes,
1: I, I basically echo everything you said. Three was a huge letdown. I think me and you joke about all the time. Like, do we really need the entirety of the Frozen song? Uh, Let it go. Like even if you didn't watch Frozen, you've probably heard that song on the radio. Maybe you've heard it in stores. Maybe you saw it in an award show because yeah, they sung it at a freaking award show. It, it's uh, it was just it's too much. It, it was already so overplayed that by the time we got to the game, do we need it again? And the fact that Disney holds these things so tightly in their grasp that you're not allowed to change anything unless it's a Pixar property. Yeah. So then you're just playing the same game over and over. Uh, it had less. Worlds to go to. They reused too many worlds, or at least maybe they didn't reuse them as much as they just took us to worlds we don't care about. Like really, Pirates of the Caribbean again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're going to return me to a a world, return me to one that we actually care about, like Nightmare Before Christmas or something. I'm not saying they should have, because we already did that two games in a row. But just something like that. Um, I appreciate the the Pixar planets uh, or worlds or whatever, but. Other than that, it's and it was so much shorter than the original ones, it felt broken, it felt like, again, it had so many development issues that I'm sure there's just tons of cut content, um, it, like we were talking about the Final Fantasy characters. Kingdom Hearts as a whole was supposed to be a combination between uh, Disney and a combination of F- Final Fantasies and Square Enix property stuff like that, and it's just like the third one felt like it was missing half of its stuff, like... Who doesn't love the times of like finding the secret like Sephiroth fight and having Cloud as a character or why they'd randomly rename Squall as Leon and we just don't question anymore. And just all those neat fan things. And it gave you, like, if you were a fan of both these properties, it was just the ultimate game. And so Chris is right. I have a nostalgia for Kingdom Hearts 1. I thought I enjoyed playing Kingdom Hearts 2 more, but the story is just like and the experience and going those worlds for the first time in the first one i mean man those are like just solid games but you're right they didn't grow and they just feel dated when when you're playing the third one yeah it looked a lot better for sure but even like using the rides as a move got so old so fast it was just it was more it became like a visual
0: bleh like, on your face yeah <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> i don't know i i lack the terminology but it just felt like it was overload like a visual overload uh more than it was just a game and uh and then yeah by the time you get to the third one you realize you missed 900 mobile versions and so the stories uh, you're just so out of date with the story that i i kind of just like ah okay i guess this is just something's happening but i don't know but hey those guys in trench coat show up again yeah. so it's like that must be good. So anyway, Chris is right. I guess the only other thing we're going to throw in there, see if this sparks any interest from Chris, supposedly in the trailer, you can get a small scene of Star Wars. So are we going to the Star Wars planet?
0: Oh, yeah, that's, uh... Does Sora get a lightsaber in that world? Is Keyblade's a lightsaber? Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't interest me. I'm not a Star Wars guy, so...
1: So we're done with the news. That means we have to move to Review Roundup. This is where we give you all those Metacritic scores for newly released games. And this week, there's not a lot. So we have one, Road 96. Don't know what it is. It's on PS5. Critic score 83, 5 positive, 1 mix, 0 negative. So not a lot of people reviewing it, but uh, it's yours if you want it. Which uh, leads us to our last bit here, Homework. What is Homework? Homework is when we don't have enough time in the show to get through all the things that happened this week. So we just give you the titles and the the headlines, and where you can find those headlines, then you go edumacate yourself. So starting with Battlefield 2042 update 4.0 goes live next week with over 400 fixes, QOL improvements, and more. This one comes from VG247. Upcoming Saints Row Showcase will focus on the game's extensive uh, customization suite. This one comes from VG247 as well. Uh, Chris will probably be looking forward to that. Yeah, I kind of am. This one's more for me. Godzilla is teased in Call of Duty Warzone and Vanguard Season 3 trailer. This one comes
0: with BG247. Are you interested? I
1: I actually might, if it's Warzone, it's free, and it's in there, I might download just because I I would like to see Godzilla. That'd be the only way to get me to play Call of Duty, I guess, nowadays. But then again, do I have the hard drive space for Warzone? Because, you know, it takes up 90% of your hard drive uh next the new need for speed aesthetic will reportedly have an anime elements uh this one comes from vgc and i just want to see what that looks like also does it have the theme song from initial d but we'll have to find out
0: a leaked overwatch 2 gameplay trailer shows off new characters sojourn uh this one comes from vgc ghost of tsushima developer is moving on after two years of updates this one comes from push square A new PS5 firmware update improves system performance. That's the huge. This one comes from VGC. The Ghost of Tsushima movie has found its writer. This one comes from VGC. Analysts suggest the PlayStation VR 2 will launch in 2023 due to a delay. This one also comes from VGC, so we'll have some time to save up our money for it. The Final Fantasy IX remake rumors return following Kingdom Hearts 4 confirmation. This one comes from Push Square.
1: Okay. So that is all your homework. That means that's it for the show. That means we can all go home now unless you were already home and then I'm confused. So anyway, we just want to thank you again for joining us for yet another week. We appreciate it. We appreciate your time. It's your most valuable currency and the fact that you give it to any of us is just insane. (laughs) So again, until next week, we're just going to have to say goodbye.
0: Bye guys.